I want to make a quick announcement before we jump into this episode. I'm holding a free litigation masterclass next week for new or fairly new litigation paralegals. In it, I'm going to give you three mindsets to develop and work on early in your career that are going to be critical to your success as a litigation paralegal. And I'm going to show you a specific framework or model that you can use. I call it the Litigation Paralegal Career Accelerator Framework. You can learn more and choose a day and time that best fits your schedule at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash masterclass. I'll see you there. Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. How does a new litigation paralegal anticipate what the attorney needs before they have to ask for it? Especially when you don't know yet how that attorney works and what's going on in the case. So how do you figure that out? Hmm. Well, there are courses out there that claim to teach you how to read people's minds, or maybe you can get a crystal ball. That's probably not going to work. Here's what I would do. Become the information manager of your cases. As a litigation paralegal, it's easy to get sucked into the never-ending cycle of document management or document chasing. Where is that hot document? Do you have a copy of that revised contract that's part of this dispute? Can you get me a copy of that email so that I can use it as an exhibit to a motion? That's where you have to be careful as a litigation paralegal because you're more than just a document manager. You are an information manager. By focusing on managing the information, you're going to be able to proactively manage your litigation cases. So in order to do that, you have to know what's going on in your cases, which means you have to review everything that comes in related to the case. All of the things coming in on a case eventually go through somewhat of a funnel to determine what's relevant that's going to prove or disprove the allegations in the complaint, and only some of it becomes potential evidence for trial. But it all has to come into that funnel. It's information that's found in pleadings and motions and discovery responses, deposition testimony, and the documents and data that gets produced. If you only focus on the documents and data, you're going to be missing half of what's going on in the case. So we've essentially got a couple of different categories. We've got the pleadings and motions. Now, they don't become evidence in and of themselves, but when you put them through that information funnel, there could be citations to evidence within those pleadings and motions. There could also be exhibits attached to those motions or the briefs that support them. And those attachments or exhibits is what could become evidence. That's the information, along with affidavits and declarations that might be filed in the case. It's the same with discovery responses, such as interrogatory answers, responses to requests for admission, and of course, 
the documents that get produced as part of a request for production of documents. Too often, all of these things come in throughout the life of a case and they get filed away. Instead, what if you reviewed everything and extracted the key information and put that information in one place and then filed it away? In doing so, you're going to know everything that's happening on the case. You're going to know who the key players are, what the key dates are, what the upcoming deadlines are. You're going to know what the attorney needs before they need it. That's what I used to do when I was a litigation paralegal. Now, this was back before there was fancy case management software, which was nice to use, but I used to use an Excel spreadsheet. And you know what? Depending on how user-friendly your case management software is, it might be easier for you to use an Excel file, even if you do have access to expensive software. I'll walk you through three steps that you can start doing today that are going to help you manage your cases better whether you have the software or not. But all three of these steps are going to require you to get your eyes on everything that comes in on that case. Every motion, every notice, every brief, every discovery response. You might be saying, that's going to be way too much work, Anne. It sounds like it's too much work, but it's not really. I teach this in my litigation boot camp. And when I do it as a live training session, I give them a sample complaint in a med mail case, and they've never seen it before. I put a timer on and tell them to review the complaint and put all of the names they come across into a players list and all of the dates or events into a case chronology. Never has it taken anyone longer than six minutes on a complaint that they knew nothing about before they started the exercise. And the bonus outcome is that every one of them can then tell me a brief summary about what this case is about. So let's start with step number one. Now, if you're driving, you're riding your bike, you're running, don't worry. I'm going to put a PDF in the show notes. You can also get it at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash three steps. So step one is put all of the names into what I'm calling a players list. This is information about the potential witnesses in your case. When all these things are coming in on the case, you capture names, you put them in the players list. Now, I'm calling it a players list because it's not a witness list. It's just a list of all of the players in your case. Some might be called as witnesses for trial, some won't. But if you have all of them in one place, it's easy for your team to make that determination if they should be a witness at trial. So then when you get close to trial, this player's list becomes your draft witness list for trial, and you can just cross off the ones that you don't want to call to trial. If you've ever been thrown in on a case that's going to trial and you've never worked on it before, you can relate to this. The witness list is due in a few days. How do you know for sure that you have every potential witness on there? What if one's missed? It's a last-minute scramble doing all kinds of searches in the database. You're going to compare the trial exhibit list to see, do we have each witness on there that's going to be getting that exhibit into evidence? Instead of that scramble, let's manage the information about every potential witness and keep it in one location. That means every time a pleading or motion gets filed, discovery responses get served, deposition testimony comes in, documents get produced. Every time there's a new name that's not already on your players list, the name gets added. Let's say you're using a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet to manage your players list. I would suggest including a column for role. And that's R-O-L-E, not R-O-L-L, of course. 
And that would be so that you can quickly answer the question, why is this person on our witness list when your players list becomes a witness list? You can use the filter function in Microsoft Excel to filter your list by any of the fields that you put in there. And their role is, why are they on there? Not what is their job title? I recommend adding fields also such as source. In other words, what is the thing that you're looking at right now with this person's name identified in it? And also their deposition date, whether or not they're going to be a witness at trial, if you know. Then you're going to be able to easily filter that column and pull up information such as who do we still have to depose? We've got the discovery deadline coming up. Who haven't we deposed yet? Again, I know some of this might be hard to visualize. I've got that PDF for you. Go to the show notes. All right, step number two, while you're doing that, you're going to also pull out all the dates and events, and you're going to put them into a case chronology. Each time there's a key date in one of those pleadings, discovery responses, motions, any of those, it gets added to the case chronology. Why the dates? Because you're managing the information. You're moving away from being the document manager. And again, the same fields. The source field is important there because if someone wants to know how can we cite to that event or where did you get that date, is that correct? Then you can easily go back to the original source. And step three, while you're doing that, while you're pulling the dates and the names, add the deadlines and any follow-up notes to your master case to-do list. You could put that in the same Excel file. It could be a separate tab. So you've got, you know, maybe a follow-up on interrogatory responses that weren't complete, documents that they said they would produce at a later date and time, anything like that. Put it in your master case to-do list. If I was a litigation paralegal who was just thrown in on a case that I'm trying to get up to speed on, I would do those three steps with everything that's already come in on the case. And you know what? A bonus in doing all this is then it makes it billable because you're creating these tangible things that the client can see, feel, and touch. You're not just, quote, getting up to speed on the case. You're not just, quote, reviewing the case file to get up to speed. What you're doing is reviewing and extracting key information to update the players list and the case chronology in preparation for blank, blank, blank maybe upcoming depositions, upcoming pretrial order deadlines, whatever it might be. With those three steps that I just outlined, you will have an intimate knowledge of all of the case information, which is going to allow you to be that rock star paralegal that every attorney wants to work with. What do I mean by that? What's a rock star paralegal? If you've been a podcast listener for a while, you've probably heard me use that term before. When I say rock star paralegal, it doesn't mean I want you to be famous or that I want you to be able to win the next karaoke contest. It means you're doing work that's rewarding. You're respected and you're a valued member of the legal team and you enjoy your work. You're happy and you love being a paralegal. Now, remember, if you're driving or walking or running with your dog right now, go to the show notes. You can get a PDF copy of these three steps that are going to remind you what you can do to be more proactive in your litigation cases. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast 
and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.